0: Good morning. It is Saturday morning for me as I begin this podcast in the latest series for Not a Square Inch. Today we're going to be talking about voting. I was recently having a conversation with a young man in our program, and he did not see a need for him to vote. And when I suggested to him that biblically he should vote... He was surprised. He'd never heard that. And that is why we do this podcast, Not a Square Inch. We want to try to help people understand that there isn't a square inch of their life, no part, over which Christ does not say, mine. And when we're going to live as Christians, if we're going to be consistent, we're going to do everything we can to be obedient to God's Word. Now, we're never going to be perfect. We're never going to come close, which is why we need a Savior. But to the degree that we are able, we should do everything we can to be obedient to God's word and to follow the examples that he's given us in scripture. So with that in mind, I'm going to go ahead and begin our next podcast series.
1: There is not a square inch in the whole domain of our human existence over which Christ, who is sovereign over all, does not cry, mine, This is Not a Square Inch, the new podcast of Hope Prison Ministries. The goal is to help you see all of life through the lens of Scripture. To learn more, please visit us at notasquareinch.org.
0: All right, so today we're going to talk about voting and the necessity for Christians to participate in the vote. Now, I remember once, uh, just as an aside, I remember once I was watching a, a comedian, Brian Regan. My son was introducing me to Brian Regan, and there was one particular skit that I thought was just hilarious. Brian Regan, the comedian, is talking about uh, how he was watching cooking shows. He had been watching cooking shows lately, and he said, of course, I haven't learned a thing. He said he felt like anybody could cook if everything was perfectly portioned in perfectly sized glass containers – And as he was going to begin cooking, ding, a timer goes off. And 15 minutes later, uh, the perfectly mixed dish and cooked dish comes out of the oven during the same cooking show. He said, I want to see a realistic cooking show when you're halfway through and realize you don't have the main ingredient for your recipe or you don't have the right size dish. And uh, I thought that was very, very funny. So one of the things I want to do this podcast has got several verses that we're going to read, and I could have everything just perfectly lined out and mapped out for us and have all those verses ready, but what I want to do today in particular is I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to actually flip through an old-fashioned Bible, uh, not on my phone, and I'm going to turn the pages and go to the verses, and the reason I'm going to do that today in particular is I want to give you time to do the same thing. We want to look at some verses that are super important. And uh, what we're going to do today is we're going to try to get the big picture um, with regard to Scripture. And we're going to look at several things. The first thing that we're going to do is we're going to look at the idea that, and actually the biblical doctrine, that God is in control. God is in control. Not us, not man. God is in control. And so the very first verse that we're going to look at, along those lines is found in colossians chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 so let me just kind of summarize if i will the positions if i may the positions that we're going to look at the first one is god is in control the second one is that we should not put our trust in him or in leaders or in big government The third one is that we should, in fact, strive to elect godly men. We should, in fact, strive to participate in the system of government as much as possible, seeking or running for office, being a light in the middle of all that darkness. We should be the light in the darkness. And uh, we have to remember evil triumphs when good men do nothing. Evil triumphs when good men do nothing many times. Uh, unless God intervenes, and he often does, but sometimes he doesn't, and it's for our own good. Uh, So then the final thing is pray for and encourage your leaders and seek the peace of the city. Okay, so big picture again. One, God is in control. Two, our trust should be in him, not in leaders or big government. Three, uh, we should elect godly men. Four, we should participate in The system, as much as the Lord allows, even to the point of seeking or running for office, we should be a light. And that's number five. We should be a light in the middle of the darkness. And number six, we have to remember evil triumphs when good men do nothing unless God intervenes, which he often does. And number seven, of course, is pray for and encourage your leaders. Seek the peace of the city. And so we're going to go through kind of each one of those points, but we're going to start with the big idea that God is in control. And specifically, how does he exercise that control? Well, guess what? Colossians chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 says this. You know what? I'm going to back up verse 15. He is the image, we're talking about Jesus Christ. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Verse 16, for by him, all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, visible and invisible. Now listen, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. Verse 17, he is before all things and in him all things consist. So God has appointed Jesus Christ as heir of all things. He is the image of the invisible God. He is God himself, in fact. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. All things were created, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created through him and for him. So he is over everything. Now we're going to flip back to the Old Testament. We're going to look at Daniel chapter 2. Verses 20 and 21. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and over, for his wisdom and might are his, and he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. Go now one more verse here. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what is in the darkness, and light dwells with him. Very interesting. So Daniel says, God is over all. The times and the seasons are his. He removes kings. He raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise, knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows what's in the darkness. So God is sovereign over all. He knows what's in the darkness. Now, what does that say? When you start thinking about political candidates and you say, well, I don't want to vote for this guy because, you know, he's this and he's that. Or you say, if somebody's already been elected, you say, well, I don't like this guy because of this and because of that. Well, guess what, Christian? Your hope, your confidence shouldn't be in the person in the first place. Your hope and your confidence should be in the God who made that person and the God who knows all things and in whom wisdom, all wisdom lies. And he says he even knows what's in the darkness. He knows the skeletons in the closet of every person, you and me, That's a scary thought. He knows the skeletons in the closet. He knows the things that are in the darkness. In every living person, he understands the depths of wickedness in the hearts of men. So he knows all those things, and yet he himself raises up and appoints leaders, and he takes leaders out as well. He does it all. So your trust shouldn't be in a political process. Your trust shouldn't be in a particular man. But your trust should be in God Almighty. Amen. Now, I'm going to flip over to uh, the book of Psalms. We're going to look at Psalm chapter 22, verse 28. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. The kingdom is the Lord's, and he rules over the nations. Now, I'm going to flip over to Psalm 146. And listen, there are verses like this that could go on forever. Okay. One of the things that I really want to guard against. Um, there are, of course, people who take one verse and. Run the four-minute mile with it, and that's where a lot of heresies and a lot of false doctrine comes from. Let's be honest about that, okay? So we want to be careful not to do the same thing, and that's why it's important that if we're going to teach on a particular topic, we should really show Scripture from beginning to end that supports our position. Not just a single verse, but the whole of Scripture should support our position. Whenever you see somebody or a particular teacher who emphasizes the same verses over and over and over again, to support their position, you can almost always believe that that teacher is taking Scripture out of context and that they are abusing Scripture. There's a reason why the Scripture says that we should rightly interpret the Word of God. The fact that we should rightly handle, rightly interpret the Word of God means there's a wrong way to interpret and handle the Word of God. So we want to make sure that whenever we make a statement, we provide several Scriptures that are very clear, very explicit, and that make our case for us from beginning to end of Scripture. And it's always good principle to do that. We always want to remember. Also, we always want to try to focus on verses that are explicitly clear and that are not vague. So, in the rule of hermeneutics, in the study of hermeneutics, there's a principle called the principle of full mention. It's a passage in Scripture that talks about one doctrine more than another, more than perhaps any other, and it's a passage on full mention. So, for example, uh, with regard to, I think, the topic between uh, regarding regeneration, there's no greater passage than John chapter 3 with uh, Nicodemus. You might even say Ezekiel 36 Uh, I believe, but certainly John chapter 3 with Nicodemus, verses 1 through 8, very clear, very explicit, regeneration precedes faith. So those are topics that, again, there's scriptures, there's passages of full mention, and we want to try to focus on those passages when we can. But sometimes we're just going to take 20 or 30 verses throughout the whole of scripture and tie them together, and they all kind of say the same thing. And that's what we're looking at. I mean, there are literally hundreds of verses in the Bible that talk about the sovereignty of God, his rule, his uh, dominion and providence in our current times, that we don't have a God. One of the glorious truths of Scripture is that we don't have a God who's not active. We don't have a God who's sleeping, who's afar off. No, he's actively involved in every one of our lives at all times, every way, every day. So, this is a beautiful passage in Psalm chapter 146 verses 3 through 10. now listen this is very important God is in control and under point number two we said we're going to trust in him not in leaders of big government this passage certainly falls there do not trust your put in do not put your trust in princes nor in a son of man in whom there is no help listen do not put your trust in princes nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. What does that mean? (laughs) Our trust should not be in government to meet our needs. Our trust should not be. That is not what the government is for. It's not designed to be. The government is designed to be protectors of the law of God, Punishers against those who do evil, protecting those who are not guilty, who are innocent, who are, of course, no one is innocent ultimately, but certainly innocent of the particular law violations. The The role of government is to be a law enforcer. And the laws should come from God. But the role of government is not to redistribute wealth. The role of government is not to be our Savior. We have a Savior. We have a God. We have a God who has provided for us. We have a God who's provided for the needy. We have a God who provides for everyone. He himself gives life and breath to all men. Our role is not to trust in government. Our role is not to trust in a particular leader. Come on, people. Now you say, well, then why would we vote? Why would we do these things? Well, because God commands those things, and we'll look at those things in a minute. But right now, I want you to understand, do not put your trust in princes. Do not put your trust in a prince, in a man, in a son of man In whom there is no hope. Your hope, your help, my hope, my help does not come from another man. It comes from the sovereign God and creator over all and the sustainer of all things. So do not put your trust in a man. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. Verse 4. His spirit departs, he returns to earth, and that very day his plans perish. But happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. Look, who does the Bible say gives food to the hungry? The government? No. It specifically says... Don't put your trust in a son of man who gives food to the hungry. Why? Because they won't do it nine times out of ten. Who should you put your trust in? God. God gives food to the hungry. It's not. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um. He gives food to the hungry. The Lord gives freedom to the prisoners. Hey, thank God for that. Right. This show's sponsored by Hope Prison Ministries. And I am one of those prisoners And there are lots of other prisoners Those in prison and not in prison Who are still in prison Uh, But the Lord gives freedom to the prisoners Thank God The Lord opens the eyes of the blind The Lord raises those who are bowed down The Lord loves the righteous The Lord watches over the strangers He relieves the fatherless and the widow But the way of the wicked He turns upside down Wow So Can it be any more clear? And then we look at, we flip over to Proverbs chapter 8, verse 16. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 16. By me, princes, rules, and nobles, all the judges of the earth. So it's ultimately all of these are under the sovereign, loving, watchful hand of our holy God. They rule, they reign because of God. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33. The lot is cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. The lot is cast in the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. So listen, when you cast your vote, whoever wins, doesn't matter. Whoever wins, the decision was from the Lord. Now, let me be very clear about that verse, okay? Some people say, well, see, so if Democrats win, that was from God. Well, see, if Republicans win, that was from God. Okay, the truth is both of those statements can be true, but... Let's be very clear. Do not presume to believe that just because your party wins, that that is a sign of God's approval, because many, many times in Scripture, God used wicked nations, brought them to take Israel captive to punish his people. So just because your party wins doesn't necessarily mean that they have the approval of God, Just because your favorite sports team wins, I know, Dallas Cowboys, God's team, we know that's true. But anyway, just because your favorite sports team wins does not mean... That they have the approval of God No in fact it could be just the opposite They could be the judgment of God Against a sinful nation Because since we want seem to want Wicked leaders in this country God makes a choice to give us a wicked leader He certainly did that in the Old Testament You'll hear many people sometimes pray Lord don't give me a Saul The children of Israel wanted a king So God gave them what they wanted But he wasn't the best king He wasn't the king God would have had for his people He wasn't a righteous king and so they suffered under the wickedness of that king. And you need to be aware of the same thing. Ultimately, every election outcome is a decision of the Lord. But just because it's for your party or against your party doesn't mean one way or the other. Ultimately, only time will tell what, in fact, that party is being used by God to accomplish. And the same tr- same is true for the individual leaders of those parties. Remember, Even if Trump wins, and I got to tell you, I think it could be a landslide against him. But even if Trump wins, doesn't mean that God necessarily says, Trump is my man. Uh, You know, Trump could just as easily be used by God for other purposes. And then just as if Biden wins, does not mean God is saying, Biden is my man. No, Biden could be used by God for other purposes as well. And both Biden and Trump, no doubt, uh, there will be some things they do that are good, and there will be some things they do that are bad. There is no perfect man. I read in J. Adams' book, he was talking about marriage once, and he said that with regard to marriage, many people think that marriage should be a Christian marriage should be perfect because, uh, you know, as you know, uh, Christians live there. But he says, no, the first thing you need to know about a Christian marriage is that sinners live there. What makes it different is that the Savior lives there too. And where the Savior is, there's grace and redemption and forgiveness and reconciliation and all of those wonderful things. Well, it's the same with our elected leaders. There isn't going to be a perfect leader. There isn't going to be a perfect, uh, a completely wrong or evil leader necessarily. There are going to be some that are good, that make some decisions good, and some that make some decisions that are bad. And there are parties, of course, I believe, that do line up more with Scripture than another. But And that's our responsibility. We're to seek those things out. But at the end of the day, if our party doesn't win, if our guy doesn't win, it's not an indication one way or the other about what God's judgment really was on that individual or even that party. It could be God's judgment on the entire nation. So remember that. The lot's cast into the lap, but it's every decision is from the Lord. We'll be back.
1: HopeAfterPrison.com We help locate transitional housing for those being released from prison, regardless of their crime. And when permitted, we connect those being released with one or more mentors from the local church. To learn more, please visit HopeAfterPrison.com
0: Okay, we're back, and I'm turning over to Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And this will be our final verse under this heading, that God is in control. But in Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21, For our citizenship is in heaven, From which we also eagerly await the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that it may be conformed to his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Listen, ultimately, our citizenship is in heaven. Now, there's a huge thing over taking pride in your country, the fact that you're a U.S. citizen. And yes, you are a U.S. citizen. I'm a U.S. citizen. But ultimately, our citizenship is in heaven. And that's one of the things that we need to remember when our government isn't going the way we think it should, when our leaders aren't doing the things we think they should, and that, in fact, God says they should. When those things aren't going well, we need to remember and take hope in the fact that our citizenship isn't in this world. We're passing through. Our citizenship is in heaven. So rejoice that God is in control and that you're able to take part in a process, but rejoice ultimately that God is in control. And he decides the outcome. And whatever he's doing, he's doing for his eternal good, uh, his, his glory and our eternal good. Other way around. He's doing it for our eternal good and his glory. So, it, you know, remember and trust in that. Now, our next point in the scripture was that we should not trust in a leader. We should not trust in a political leader. We should place our faith and our hope and our trust in God alone. And uh, certainly, Psalm 146 that we read earlier has a lot to say about that and was an excellent verse for that point. Uh, But there's also a great passage here in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 31, verses 1 through 3. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses, who trust in chariots because they are many, and in horsemen because they are very strong, but who do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. He is also wise and will bring disaster and will not call back his words, but will rise against the house of evildoers and against the help of those who work iniquity. Egyptians are men and not God, and their horses are flesh and not spirit. When the Lord stretches out his hand, both he who helps will fall and he who is helped will fall down. They will all perish together. Whew! Okay. Um. Yeah. If, if there's a passage about... Political parties and differences. Listen, remember. Couldn't be more clear. Uh, those who trust in Egypt, those who trust in a secular government, a secular state, those who uh, trust in the wealth and the and the things of that government, like the chariots, the horses, because they think there are many. Uh, remember. That these leaders, these these civil leaders, rulers, government—they're not God. They're horses. They're flesh, and they're not spirit. When the Lord stretches out His hand, listen. The ones who ha- the, those who help and those who help to help those who help will fall down together. So, what does that mean? Well, the leaders who are claiming to be Um, who are claiming to do these things for the people, the leaders who are claiming to be the good guys, the big government, whatever, uh, and those who elected them, those who put their trust in them, those who receive their help from them, when the Lord is pleased to finally stretch out his hand in judgment, both are going to fall down together. Both will fall down together. Do not put your trust in princes. Do not put your trust in big government. People, you want a limited government. Look, there's a wise saying you've heard before. says absolute power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. When you place too much authority, too much power in the hands of government, and the government is led by wicked, sinful men, not all of them are, uh, you know— non-unbelievers obviously some of them are christians some of them too have to put their hope and trust in christ every day to do what they do but the fact is at the end of the day Our politicians are sinners just like you and me. And so anybody who puts their trust in men to do for them what God says he will do, remember we said God feeds the hungry, God clothes the naked, God gives uh, homes to the homeless. God does all those things. He has provisions in his word for charity. He has provisions in his word for those things. God does those things. So when people look to men to do the things that God says he does, Then the Bible says that those who help those people and those who receive help from those people will fall together because their hope and their trust is in the wrong place. Super important. Wow. We'll be back.
1: InmateMentors.com Help us help your loved one. We write letters, send books, accept collect calls, Help those incarcerated plan and prepare for release and create parole packages. To learn more, please visit InmateMentors.com.
0: Wow, okay, look, it's been 30 minutes. Um, We're already over the limit of this podcast, and I still easily have another 30 minutes worth of material to go to. So... We're going to go ahead and we're going to wrap up the lesson this week, and I'm going to continue in next week's podcast on why you should vote. I think it's super critical, and you know what I'm going to have my audio guide do? Uh, Charlie is going to go ahead, and we're going to post both of these parts side by side. So if you're just like, I want to hear the rest of this, then you can click on the next lesson and hear it right away. Uh, We're going to go ahead and post both of these. We're going to count them as separate weeks just in case I need a break, but we're going to go ahead and post them both immediately so that you can take advantage of and listen to them. Thank you.
1: Thank you for listening to Not a Square Inch, the podcast of Hope Prison Ministries. Join us next time. To learn more, please visit us at notasquareinch.org.